This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how you doing? I burned eight points, and I'm feeling <laughs> good. Yeah. This is my, my, first, my first points burned in this season. It took me a, a while to work myself up to it, but um, I think it worked out. Yeah, I, I you you won our head to head, our fifty buck cup, um, and I, I, yeah, so you're I mean, just going to send me the fifty bucks right now. That's how it works, right? I it just, was funny. So the Saturday morning comes around, and I, I look at your team, and I'm I'm sort of like I, I'm like I, I see that there's like a like I was like oh he brought in money, and then I looked again, and I was like oh because um, you know like on the on the app itself you can't like you can't see like points burned and sure. I got right off the yes, bat, so, which is really like, annoying. It is. And I was like, oh, and he brought in Ebra, I guess, and he captained him. And then I looked at Britos, and I was like, oh, like, <laughs> did he have Britos already? <laughs> I just forget uh, who was on his squad. So, yeah, walk me through this. So it's it's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Um, did, uh-huh. did, did, all this, did this all happen on Friday? It all happened Friday, yeah. I think it was a, a – I think I sat down in a, in a very sort of um, – organized official way in front of my laptop in, in midday Friday, and I systematically made these three moves. And yeah, I, I think we talked a lot about me hesitating on burning points in the last episode of the podcast, and my team value has really suffered because I've, I've been slow to move on certain players. Additionally, I was just kicking myself for bringing Lukaku in for that one Swansea fixture. And I just had this feeling that Ebro was who I really wanted there. And I wanted to uh, first be proactive and second sort of just pretend like the Lukaku transfer never happened. <laughs> right. So, sort of going back in time. Yeah. <laughs> now, the Mane pick, I dropped um, Who I dropped Lalana, who obviously needed to get dropped. And there and were I, a number of Liverpool players I could have brought in. And I knew sure. I had to get a Liverpool player for that Sunderland match. I was shocked. I mean, to, to bring in Liverpool's third best and most expensive midfielder was a risky move, but I thought it really it did work out for you in the end. 
It did, yeah. I would definitely chalk that up to nothing more than luck. I mean, Mane has been pretty mercurial this season, as, yeah. as which is kind of his MO just generally. But, you had to be excited. That was like the 92nd minute or something like that. Oh, yeah. I was pumping my fist. <laughs> uh, but, of course, at the same time that Mane is giving me a leg up with his assist, Gilfie is uh, on the other screen giving everyone else a leg up there at the I, end of that swan. Yeah, yeah, he only ended up with 10. He, yeah, it was a weird game. I mean, he was involved in every goal. but every, So he, had, he ended up with, a, with 10 points with a goal and an assist. No bonus points, actually. And it's kind of a strange – like every goal he was involved in, mm-hmm. <laughs> he like he was delivering the ball in a corner or a set piece. There was the – I think it was the first goal that Leroy first scored. Uh, it was a massive handball in the penalty box. And – I guess he didn't really have time. The, the the ref didn't have time to call it because uh, Fur was there to to tap in right away, and I guess it just wasn't worth calling the penalty or something like that. It's but an advantage, I, mean, I suppose. But isn't that? I mean, if, if Fur had not scored there, is that not a red card offense? I mean, I felt like uh, sure. Pro- uh, who uh, was who was that? It was um. Uh, it was the. Uh, the Frenchman, uh, Johan Kabai. I think it was Kabai who was like basically in the penalty area and it hit like every part of his arm. <laughs> like, I think like bounced like twice off. Like, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was kudos it was a, to Kabai's mom though, for finally getting his hair bleached. Just, just a little bit more <laughs> platinum. I feel like he's, right. he's zeroing <laughs> in on a, on a decent trendy look. Yeah, it was. So I thought Fur got a little lucky with this, with this, you know, with his two goals. But you know, he's he's five million, so more power to anyone yeah. who still has Fur. Hadn't, yeah. hadn't done anything in like eleven weeks. Yeah. Um, but so I picked up, yeah, picked up ten for him. I obviously couldn't complain because anyone else I would have thought about bringing in. Um, I mean, the thing is, I, I debated between Sigurdsson and and Walcott. And um, in the end, it was only a one point difference. And I think I would have brought in one or the other anyway this game week. So it was kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a watch, I think, in the end. Right. Yeah. To be honest with you, with Mane, I just felt like I wanted a, diff- a differential. And mm-hmm. Mane was worth it to me because everyone's doubled up with Firmino and Coutinho. And yeah. any given game, Mane is going to match or surpass those guys. And I figured I'd take a gamble because um, I've lost some ground. I mean, I'm not, I haven't been having a terrible season, but I have lost a lot of ground to these Liverpool players and right. over the last month. And I wanted to try and make some of that up. And it's kind of foolish. I think we talk about this from time to time, like chasing a differential this early in the season. But uh, I felt it was worth it, so I went Mane. Yeah, I, I mean, how many of these moves? I mean, and so, and so the Brandon Brutes, I guess, was a, a you, you dropped. Um, um, it was a move I, I don't know that I would have made, but I guess you had to make it for the money. You dropped, yeah, I dropped um, Kyle, Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker, yeah, for, for Britos, which probably freed up like, what, $1.5 million or $1.2 million? Yeah, I, like I ended up with four point five in the bank, so it was a matter of picking a defender to replace Kyle Walker, who was at four point five. And, I mean, I have amassed some bank value because of Kyle Walker, and Spurs do have some decent fixtures coming up, but Spurs' form uh, particularly their defensive form wasn't enough to convince me that I needed to keep Walker. And, and this is just yeah. like a running gag throughout the season of like, how much money do you actually need to be spending in your defense? And I, I, I frankly just needed a way to get more money into my midfield and my front line and, and Walker had to go. 
it's it's a fair point. I mean, my midfield is crazy cheap right now. I have Nacho Monreal as my most expensive midfielder or defender, and then uh, everyone after Monreal is uh, I think four point five or cheaper. <laughs> and yeah. I think most of them are four. I mean, I have I have Alan Yum, who now seems like a player I can play almost every. I mean, he, I picked up a bonus point from him uh, <laughs> even if he lost his clean sheet. So, uh, really happy with that. I mean, that's that's what fourteen points in two game weeks for Yum. Yeah. Uh, so the the Britos thing. Yeah. I mean, this this. I mean, it couldn't have worked out. I mean, actually, in the end, you had an okay game week, so I can't really tease you about it too much. But it really couldn't have worked out worse. The the Britos pickup, I suppose. So that might be a little <laughs> dramatic. I mean, he's he's a Watford defender. I, mean, I know a lot of people have done well with Holabas, and Watford is they're they're not doing terribly in the league. But I brought him in as bench fodder. I need to sort a few other things out with my defense. I mean, had mm-hmm. had I been able to keep Walker and get rid of Ashley Williams, I would have happily done so. But mm-hmm. I've got Mustafi and Williams who can be moved around. And Britos, yeah, it stunk that he got a red card. I, I wasn't even phased when he got the red card during that match, A, because Watford was just... What were they playing at that game? They, 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 it was a joke the way they played against Stoke City, and yeah, Burritos just wanted to get out of there. It seemed yanking. Uh, I can't remember who he yanked down by the jersey, and they sent him walking. But yep, Burritos would have ended up on the bench anyway. So it was between him and Proddle, and Proddle was at four point five. And I just thought, well, how often am I going to want to start a Watford defender? Why don't mm-hmm. I just get the cheapest one? Yeah, I mean, I, I I can understand that. I mean, that was my. Um, I guess the only thing was that Britos was on four yellows, but I think. Um, I mean, that was that was my reasoning for picking up Nyam instead of Johnny Evans. It's not like I'm this huge Nyam fan or anything, but you know, <laughs> despite for, popular for, belief, <laughs> despite popular belief, well, we talked about him a lot the last few podcasts. Uh, but at four point three versus four point five, um, that point two million was. Um, I just felt like it was going to be important. In fact, it was important in the transfer. So right before this podcast started, I actually burned four points, uh, which is not something I would typically do this quickly. But um, two of the two players that I wanted to burn were both uh, set to uh, set for some price changes. And so I thought I would just I just do it now and, and just, you know, start the week at minus four, which is always a strange place to be this early in the game week. Let's yeah, see if there's any yeah. injuries you know, in the next five days. Uh yeah. But I did. I dropped. Uh, I dropped Lukaku, who um, I'm just. I'm just tired of having. Uh, tired of. Uh, I mean, he's a, You're tired of his it's, stupid it's, face. I think that Lukaku gets a lot of flack on Twitter, uh, in particular, and there's a lot of Trokaku stuff. And granted, we've been guilty of this as well. But I don't know how you can possibly blame Lukaku for what's happened in the last few game weeks. I mean, this guy is not getting any service at all. I'm amazed that Ross Barkley wasn't a 45 minute sub. I mean, he played so poorly in that match, and it was just a, it was just a very strange match. Um, and just and in the last few weeks, we've seen Lukaku is he's tracking back, he's trying to win the ball. And then his, I mean, the the defenders are the only ones who are doing anything. I mean, Seamus Coleman, Leighton Baines are very active, and you know, it's sort of like the the bad Belasi has come back again, <laughs> where he's sort of running all over the place. But yeah, I mean, everyone on that team is shooting the ball like yeah, you know, like ten like ten feet over the bar, like practically every opportunity, and it was just so I you know yeah, and we're, we're going to talk like, about Lukaku a little bit more, but uh, yeah. just chiming in at Kuda Godfrey on Twitter. Uh, sent us a message saying, considering moving Lukaku to Kane, but I have a feeling Everton's going to raise their game against Man United. 
Plus, having watched Saints versus Everton on TV, Kuda is agreeing with you. Lukaku's not the problem. It's his teammates taking an, an eternity to pass to him. Yeah, I just don't see the evidence to think that they're going to raise their game versus Manu in that match. So, so anyway, so I, I dropped uh, Lukaku and I brought in Harry Kane. Uh, and, and I actually didn't have enough money to do that without burning four uh, my midfield. So I moved Coutinho into Theo Walcott. And um, I like the fixtures for for, for uh, both West – or excuse me, for both um, – Spurs and Arsenal over the next several game weeks. I mean, uh, you know, Spur, uh, Spurs in particular have they have three three of the next four fixtures are home fixtures that are really solid. They're and they play Swansea, Hull, and Burnley at home in three of the next four. So, you know, the thought of having Kane for those seemed pretty appealing. And um, obviously, I was going to have to get rid of Coutinho anyway. So, um, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's four that'll work out. But um, I guess we'll see. We shall see. Yeah, uh, I finished with seventy on the game week and. Like we were saying, everything sort of broke right for my team on Saturday with Liverpool and, uh, well, with Coutinho, Firmino, and Hazard blanking. And that right. set up my my uh, languishing the heart Arsenal of my midfield uh, yeah. to to take me to success on Sunday. And, of course, I started the day with the Britos red card. Walcott, of course, he's gonna. You knew he was gonna score a goal because he had a baby. Like we've we've right. talked about birthdays on always cheating, but babies <laughs> I, can be thrown in there with birthdays, guaranteed to score a goal. I honestly thought he might not play. I genuinely thought that was that was on the table. I mean, I think the baby came on Saturday morning, and the match, the next match was you know early match on Sunday. I I just thought that. Um, I mean, he was probably on like just like a four hour sleep, right? I mean, you could actually kind of see him fade at the end of that match. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know why he wouldn't play from here on out. So I think that, um, poor, you know, I think he's a solid Giroux, Like, what does that guy have to do? Uh, I guess he just has to, what he has to do is accept his fate as an impact sub. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess so. I, I, I don't really know. I mean, every time he comes on, he's fantastic, too. You know what, Josh? Uh, yeah, I just yeah. knew it was going to be a decent game week for me when Gareth McCauley scored. Because I've had McCauley in my team over the years, and his goals seem to be a harbinger of good cheer for me. <laughs> yeah. They come when you need them most. So I, I just I felt like everything was going to be okay when he scored. I the highlight for me of the game week was probably when I got a, an assist from Nacho Monreal uh, because it had been kind of a frustrating game week for me in general. I mean, Guilty Guilty turned out well, which is great. Um, but I, you know, was, I mean, Aguero not Captain Aguero was very frustrating. And again, it was just I, I feel like I I I thought what I, I made what I thought was the safest captain pick, which was um, continuing Humboldt because he was. I knew he was going to be captained highly by a lot of other managers, and um, I also knew he was probably something close to a sure starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so starting the game week with, I, you know, but I think overall, you know, not like in the top 10 K, but overall, um, I think the number of people with Captain Aguero was like 25% or something like that. So, you know, you're already kind of 13 points in the hole. I mean, I, I own Aguero, but I didn't captain him. Um, and, um, so, you know, I, and then just, you know, Alexis Sanchez gets gifted a goal. I mean, in fact, both of Aguero's goals were kind of gifts for oh, that matter yeah, too. Right. He was basically a backboard for both of them. Yeah, right. so for to, to at least get a Nacho Monreal assist when he's kind of a bit of a differential option on that Arsenal defense, I was like, all right, that's at least like three rando points that I was not right. expecting. Right. Yeah, I I had the armband on Mane when I brought him in, but um, I just 
I felt like there's there's never a guarantee of who's going to get points in that Liverpool midfielder. I, Joe Morgan on Twitter said as much, uh, and that that was enough to convince me to just go with Ibra. I mean, I brought him in for a reason, right? So it right. It, it did work out. He he did have a few. This I mean, this is the story of Zlatan's season. Is he? He should have like five goals a game, given how many right. chances he has. But for yeah, whatever reason, yeah. he, he doesn't finish them. But but I can't complain about nine points from him. No, definitely not. I mean, nine, nine camped in this game week is huge. I mean, just considering, especially because most even people who owned uh, Sanchez didn't tend to captain him this game week. Except um, for people in our own mini league who, uh, <laughs> Jesus. I know it's a weird game. I was telling you for, for the podcast, I have green arrows kind of up and down the board, except in our own mini league where almost everyone has scored more points than me. Uh, but that's, it's, it's kind of a swingy game week, I'd say, cause it, it was, it was a game week for people who are maybe a little more, and I don't, and I, I actually don't include you in this category, obviously, cause you burned, um, you burned eight, but you know, for, I think for like a set it and forget it kind of team, it was actually a great, it was a great game week because if you still had Leroy Fur in your squad, <laughs> if you, you know, if you captain Sergio Aguero, if you, you know, if, if you still had Ibrahimovic, which most managers had dropped, I know some people were starting to bring him back, but you know, it was kind of like. If you just like plugged in your team in game week three, then this is like a fantastic game week for you. All those filthy casuals out there. <laughs> it's filthy. No, no, no disrespect to casual. I mean, you know, and some people, you know, they were they were holding on for these fixtures. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't mean any disrespect. It was the Heinz ketchup of game weeks. Yeah, I think for some of the overthinking managers, it was not an especially good game week. All right, speaking of overthinking managers, Josh, let's turn our attention to the Hail Cheaters Super League, where uh, we've we've got some changes in the top ten. We do, and uh, let me let me see if I can run yeah, through the you, top ten. You try. I feel like I feel like you're, you've got a silver tongue tonight. I think you can do this. Yeah, it's recording on Sunday. I think I'm a little, you know, I, I don't have like a very stressful week that I'm trying to shake off in the middle of this podcast. Uh, all right, top ten. Here we go. Uh, in number one, uh, unchanged. One and two are actually unchanged from last game week. Uh, uh, number one is A Team Arshan Batwala uh, with uh, 61 points. That gives him 786 on the season. Uh, Reykjavik Runners is in second with 49 points, and that's uh, Bjart Wath Helgeson. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, BTSTU. Do we know what that stands for? Did he ever tell us? Uh, that's, that's I don't know. Mitch Maynard is shrouded in mystery, uh, which I <laughs> which I actually enjoy. I don't know yeah. that we know what that means. Every time I see a photo of him on Facebook, he's like like scaling a mountain or I don't know like dance, Mitch, Mitch Lee, leads dancing. his best life he does he lives his best life uh, he had 64 points he's back up into third uh, lads on Tory Nick Foster also a Forster excuse me also up to uh, fourth place now uh, with 58 points in the game week um, interesting even within our, our, our hail shooter super league it was not as high scoring as we saw even in our own mini league I think um, the highest scoring player in the top 10 only had 70 and there's a lot of uh, 40s and, and 50s in here mm-hmm. um, which is uh, a little unusual but I think it was just so many of us captain Coutinho uh, um, and I think that's really what what you know made the difference, or or or, um, or Firmino for that matter. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, in fifth place is Sounda Depulis. Uh, that's Ryan Dale's team uh, with seventy points. He's up to fifth place. Uh, Billage's beauty, Matt Floyd, with fifty five points. Uh, Football joke FC. That's pretty good. Uh, Chris <laughs> like Allison. Uh, I think he's new to the top ten uh, with uh, sixty five points. Welcome, um, Chris. 
Welcome, Chris. Uh, the Shoemakers, Peter Blake, also new, I think, uh, with uh, 61 points and 752 on the season. Uh, Clichy's Clean Sheets, Fabio Borges, so son of the son of the writer, uh, mm-hmm. with 51 points. And, and finally, it's actually a ninth place. It's a tie, two-way tie for ninth. Uh, and Acuna Wanmata, pretty good team name. Uh, Eddie Perello with 56 points and 750 total. Congrats, everyone in the Hail Cheater Super League. And you can still join the Super League. Just go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab, or our uh, League code is on all of our various social media. You're all welcome. We're we're, yes. we're approaching 1,300 managers, which is kind of amazing. I thought it was even higher than that. Is it? Is it not I was, higher than I was that? Just, I was just looking today, and uh, okay. yeah, we're, okay. we're, we're close to 1,300 at this point. I think Maybe I've been 1,300 saying... could be you, listener. <laughs> I've been saying 1,500, so I, I've actually been lying for a couple weeks about it. <laughs> you're... you're <laughs> You're well-known for rounding up, Josh. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Brandon, uh, as if to prove that it was a strange game week and that there was a lot of uh, – some of the some of the, uh, some of the more uh, overthinky managers suffered a little bit this game week. Um, we have some meltdowns this week. Yeah, Gavin Doyle tweeted in saying, swapped out Benteke and Sanchez for a four-point hit for Costa and Walcott, plus a captain Coutinho. It's a disaster. I don't really understand Captain swapping out Alexis Sanchez at home to Bournemouth. I assume uh, it was for the money, probably. Right. I guess so. Even still. Um, sorry. Hey, it's, already need, been, it's already been a disaster, Gavin, and now I'm doubling down with criticism. I assume he needed the money to turn Benteke into Costa. That, that I, must be what happened. Which is also, yeah, I think I would have kept Benteke for that Swansea match, too. So, ah, well, you know, what are you going to do? It's a, <laughs> it's a disaster. Long term, you're going to be happy to have Wilcott and Costa, I think. So, you know, it's it's just, yeah, for the, the, didn't work out the first week. Agreed. I mean, sometimes these things just never work out the first game week. I mean, it's like whenever you play your wild card, you think, this is the best. I've got the best team. And uh, even though it doesn't usually come good that first week, give it another couple of weeks. Usually, about four minutes into a wild card, I realized I should have made about four different moves. <laughs> <on a current. laughs> All right, David Felheim on Twitter also says Pep is always cheating. Healthy Aguero and no stones, Gundawan or KDB. What a day! It so, really uh, reinforces how frustrating that that Man City midfield is. I mean, do you feel comfortable owning any player in that team outside of Sergio Aguero? No, uh, I really don't. I was I'm really shocked at how Gundawan has been rotated, given how much of a contributor he was just a few weeks ago. The Stones you thing, st- uh, the, the Stones thing, I, I sort of get, but yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, you were, I, you were, I, I, you were kind of you're playing up the Man City defense a little bit. I think you said they were they were due. Yeah, and we we were called out on Reddit, probably justifiably so, for um, <laughs> deploying the gambler's fallacy that uh, right. you know just because we believe these city clean sheets will come. But mark my words, I don't know when. You know, maybe it's next season. <laughs> and you don't even know when which they bring in Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, uh, I, I guess if I had to have one defender. And I would never do this because it's too expensive. But I guess Oda Mendy would be the the player, right? Or maybe the yellow maybe the card uh, machine. Yeah, is maybe Nicholas Mendy. Yeah, but I think he picked up two bonus points today. So or yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe uh, Bravo. I guess I don't think he's. I think he's only five point five or something like that. So that's not. I mean, I did. I did stipulate my what my stance on City defense and Stones last week by saying if he starts. So I think at this point uh, on evidence. 
It's it's a no. It's a no go. It's a no go. And what about what about KDB? Would you feel comfortable having KDB at this point? I mean, I, I guess I was sleeping on KDB and his his what like twenty assists that he has already this season. <laughs> Qu- quietly yeah. uh, shaming FPL managers everywhere. But again, yeah, his, me, price, me included. his price tag at ten point eight is just ridiculous for yeah, for yeah. A, again that uncertainty and rotation and his his. I guess I guess there's some consistency there, but I do feel like if I the eye test tells me there's inconsistency with KDB's form. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's inconsistency. It's it's really just the price. I mean, that just makes him. Uh, I don't know. I, would you rather have KDB? I feel like you'd have to like to bring in KDB. You'd have to make a really hard decision on Eden Hazard or Diego Costa or or not Diego Costa, Eden Hazard or Alexis Sanchez, or not go with. A heavy hitter in the front line. I don't know. Okay, yeah, let, just, let me put it in a more politic way. It's nothing to do with KDB. It's it's all to do with Hazard and Alexis being far more appealing at that price tag. And there's yeah, not enough yeah. space. KDB is going to lose every, you know, on on current data, he loses. Yep. The naysayer says, I need to beg forgiveness at the altar of Aguero. I failed to cap and was planning on selling next week. Hashtag never again. Such a hot topic last game week, Brandon. <laughs> it was. I mean, the uh, rumors of Aguero's death are, are always, uh, <laughs> how's the saying go? Much exaggerated. Greatly, greatly exaggerated. Yeah. <laughs> even Upper, even Upper Panda on Facebook was saying something about how he feels like you, you can still – um, he's still he's still interested in dropping Aguero, um, which I, I don't know. I mean, my argument for against dropping Aguero is that this, this game week re- was a reminder of what a great poacher he is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just that he doesn't just need to be in good form, like good shooting form or whatever. Like his, you know, I mean, the guy is he's really accurate from even from like you know outside the box. Um, you know, he's he's got like a little Robin Robin Van Persie in him, uh, but he's I, also a fantastic so, poacher. Yeah, yeah. Like made in the mold of great poachers like Clint Dempsey. <laughs> Little, I mean, and who doesn't want a player in the team who's a mix of Clint Dempsey and Robin Van Persie? That's like the perfect player, basically. It really is. If yeah. you could, it's like if, weird, could, if we're in the weird science laboratory, that's exactly who we'd make. I mean, we wouldn't want to see them the, naked in the shower or anything like that. But if you if you could combine the two of them with. Like Alexis Sanchez's health, then you would truly have the best player. Alexis Sanchez, like, can break a leg and play like eight days later. Do you think Sanchez is just going to fall over and die like the day <laughs> he retires? I can't believe it. I mean, the guy he played all those matches with international break. I think he played the full ninety uh, in midweek, and God, he scored a goal in like the ninety third minute of the uh, the Arsenal match. I, could, I, I was so annoyed about that. That was it was just like when you when that second goal came in, you knew it was just like it was kind of like the Sutherland match. Actually, we scored a yeah. second goal late there too. And you're like, well, like there goes my chance of shooting up the rankings this week. Yeah, yeah, it was annoying for me as well as an Ozil owner that Ozil was. The the non point scoring head of that uh, threesome heading to goal. It was him, yeah. Drew, and Sanchez. And uh, I actually I, came, gonna... I came into that goal like I, I think I was in the bathroom and I came out and saw they had scored and there was a pile on. And you do, you do this when you see the celebration. You 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 immediately draw up some sort of celebration hierarchy in your mind. Like, well, who's on the bottom of the pile or who's at the right. front of the the melee whose heads whose like hair is getting rubbed yeah who's being kissed <laughs> exactly so i know we're going to get to forwards in a second but just just because we're on topic right now what do you think about ozil i mean do you, do you feel like you got to get rid of him long term he's pretty expensive 
Yeah, so I think one of the one of the plans I have is is taking a defender, be it uh, Williams or Mustafi, downgrading for money to turn Ozil into Alexis or Hazard. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, I mean, uh, Ozil Ozil was a neat idea for a while, and the, it's it's not working out. I I feel kind of silly for having stuck with him this long. But he's, well, he, I mean, he gets his chances in every match. Yeah. He had a chance within what, like five minutes of the of the game this weekend, and he, he's a great great point producer from game weeks. I don't know four to nine or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, I, I I don't see it though either. He's just not. I mean, especially when you can have Walcott for seven point eight. I mean, even if you can't afford the upgrade, right. I mean, wouldn't you rather have? Walcott? I mean, it seems like Walcott's playing every game week, and he's he scored a headed goal, which you never see a Walcott score. Uh, Blake Henderson says might be the worst game week of my life. Panic swapped Kuhn for Kane on Friday night. Uh, why do I do these things? I do. <laughs> oh, it, I think it's the group think, isn't it? Yeah. But I, I think Blake, it's a little bit like Gavin Doyle, you know, who, who burned, who took the four point hit with Penteke and Sanchez. Not, not great for this game week, but I think long term you're going to be happy to have Harry Kane. I mean, Harry Kane at home to a Swansea team that doesn't play defense next game week. I mean, I feel pretty good about that. Kane, it was interesting to watch Kane against Chelsea this weekend. Like he had moments of vintage Kane, like the uh, the collect the ball turn and somehow get off like a rocket of a shot uh, yeah. outside the box. So I feel like all the all the elements are there, but there were other moments where he just looked really off the pace. You think he's just still still sort of getting up to speed from being out for as long as he was, or, or having such an exhausting summer. But yeah, I, I yeah. agree. Kane is going to come good as we approach the festive period. I would think so, and I, I think that they're they're now out of the Champions League, and they're you know I, I so they're, I think they're I, they might be locked into third place. So I don't think he'll need to play in that last Europa League fixture. So I think that oh that that's the best thing that ever happened to Jensen. If if they get in the yeah. uh, Europa League, he'll he'll actually get to score some goals. <laughs> that's true. Lazaros says mid game week meltdown. I held off on bringing in Austin and Sigerson to avoid a four point hit only to watch them tear it up. And I guess that's, you know, that, that was the reasoning for me burning for today is, um, when you're bringing in class players and like, it's, you know, good players, good fixtures. I, I think it's, you're usually okay with the four point hit. I mean, especially if you think of the four point hit as a cost that can be sort of amortized over a few game weeks, yeah. then it's really not, not usually that big of a problem. I, I would not recommend the minus eight hit. It was, but it was a <laughs> desperate times, def, desperate measures sort of thing. But right. I was able to ride out that minus eight hit this week. And if you, if you have the courage of your conviction that it, it can be done and, and yeah, Lazarus, I, I feel you. I was, very hesitant on pulling that minus four trigger all season, but yeah, it feels good. Just do it. I, I think I agree. I mean, he's actually complaining because he didn't do it, but yeah, exactly. in the future, yeah, do it. Uh, I'm Stevie speaking Sunshine, of future Lazaro. <laughs> Stevie Sunshine says, uh, when you think you're happy with your team, then you realize you want to get rid of half of them. Yeah, been there. Totally been there. Yeah, I've been there right now. I had this I had this unbeatable midfield of Hazard. Uh, I had Hazard, uh, Coutinho, Firmino, and Gilfried Sigurdsson. And I was like, God, I might not have to make a move for like three weeks. Well, okay, so uh, say, say Coutinho doesn't get his, his life and career-ending injury that he got. 
would you have stuck? You would have stuck it out with Gilfie, Hazard, Firmino, and Coutinho going into the next game week. I mean, they absolutely, yeah, yeah. right. So it's it's sort of like if it doesn't if it doesn't all come to fruition in this week, you don't have to just unload everybody. No, you don't have to unload everybody, but it's it just goes to show that you know game week to game week. I mean, you think you're all set. You think you have, you know, you think you have this this template they're going to use for the next you know three to six game weeks or whatever, and then it kind of goes out the window right away. Speaking of being unhappy with your squad, Uppercut Panda says, a couple weeks ago I got Fuchs in my team. That might go down as my worst transfer ever. So then Uppercut Panda goes on to say uh, he's placed he's placed Fuchs in the in the penalty box, I think. He's placed him in the third sub-position on his bench behind <laughs> Milana and Coutinho, both who have red flags. So, uh, Fuchs, if you're listening, uh, let that be a lesson to you. Well, who would have... who? Who would have possibly thought it would work out that badly? I mean, and I mean, Fuchs is a great player, and he he'd been playing really well all year. I mean, when we, when we did the bonus point thing through, I think it was game week nine. I mean, he he was one of the leaders in a number of different defensive categories. I think it's best for Fuchs. He's, it's time for him to pursue his his NFL kicker career. Yeah, I I think I think that I uh, I, I think it's time for him to come to the NFL, uh, play for the Detroit Lions, punter or. Field goal kicker, whatever he wants. I think he should yeah. just play quarterback, I guess. Play quarterback, yeah, do it. <laughs> All right, so Martin Uhr on Twitter. Uh, whoa, whoa, this is the last meltdown for anyone who's uh, <laughs> sick of everyone melting down out there. <laughs> uh, but this one was pretty special. Martin Uhr got in touch with us on Twitter. He says, outcome of Saturday's late Liverpool penalty, a.k.a. Mane assist. And there was a picture of what appears to be a coffee table uh, with with a hole punched in it. <laughs> not proud of myself says martin newer yeah uh, i mean was, you you can get pretty heated when you're watching sports josh yeah which we, we should actually share this picture on our twitter account it's i the, the moment that i thought of immediately was i remember watching a, a pistons a detroit pistons miami heat nba playoff game like around 10 years ago and i remember i was i was in my brooklyn apartment and it was like the end of the game, and the, the Pistons made some mistake. And I remember I slammed my hand. I was, I was like watching, like there was kind of like a like a like a bar area. That's when I lived in my Kensington apartment, Brian, if you recall. I remember it well. I, Great times. Good times. Um, I slammed my hand on the uh, on the top of the bar counter, and my hand hurt so much that I thought, "Oh my god, <laughs> I've just broken my hand watching a basketball game." Like, how am I going to explain this to anybody? Like, how am I how am I going to heal this hand? Like, what's going to happen? It's it's, uh, it's, it's like those doctors so, who work so in Appalachia. They have people walking into the uh, emergency room with like axes in their heads because they <laughs> right. they, they don't know yeah. how to chop wood. Yeah. It turned out I did not actually break my hand, but it was, oh, it, was it was good lesson for me. Thank, <laughs> thank goodness. All right. After all those meltdowns, I think we should have a little palate cleanser. This is our non-meltdown of the week, Josh, and it comes from Shane Deer, who says, After many rants to both of you guys, can I enjoy a 69-point haul this week, please? And uh, it looks like Shane didn't even have a keeper that played in his squad. So to get 69 <laughs> points without a keeper, uh, way to go, Shane. No meltdowns for you. Keep it going. Keep on trucking, man. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I don't know if uh, I even have a some green arrows this game week if Liverpool hadn't scored two goals late in that Pickford match. Mm-hmm. Because a, t- a ton of people had Pickford, and a ton of people have Heaton and Pickford together. Mm-hmm. So... 
he was on, I think, eleven points. Uh, you know, he was on. I think he was, you know, clean sheet, six six saves, plus three bonus points uh, before they conceded two late goals. And uh, I think a ton of managers would have ended up with eleven points if not for that. The Heaton injury was a little surprising. I, uh, as far as I know, absolutely no one had mentioned it at all. I, I, I saw certain people on Twitter say that they, the rumored injury finally came to fruition or something, but I, I had not heard any rumors about this injury unless unless you had. Was this, I, was this news to you? I mean, I have my Google alert for Tom Heaton, and it, mm-hmm. it didn't come through. I, I don't have a Google alert for Tom Heaton in case there's <laughs> any question about that. Yeah, uh, I, had, I hadn't heard anything about that. I saw yeah, Denary's tweet, though. Yeah, I saw him tweet about it, too, but I hadn't seen any earlier tweets from him. So I'm not I'm not accusing him of making anything up. I just I, I hadn't seen anything hey, sometimes uh, before these, that. Sometimes these things just happen. You trip on something, you know, uh, somebody shoots you with a little BB gun. Maybe, maybe exactly. he's got a BB stuck in his, his leg. Yeah, who knows? Exactly. It's, it's hard to predict these things. Life is, life is unpredictable. Okay, uh, one last uh, little bit before we move on to the meat of our podcast, and it's talking I think about, this has been pretty meaty so far. <laughs> oh, yeah, lots of meat on this bone so far. Um, captain failures. So Coutinho has been one of the more prominent captain fails uh, this season, if not all time. So uh, we got a tweet from our friend Stephanie at Book of War who says, Have you guys come up with a word yet for when you switch your captain and then that person scores? Asking for a friend who captain Sanchez for three weeks and then switch to Coutinho for this game week. So, you know, this this yeah. is this has happened to all of us and there's really no avoiding it. But is there a term, a term of art for when this happens? Well, I liked so the, we, we got three suggestions. Um I think I'll say these in reverse order. Um, I liked uh, well, I, I liked all three of them, but I, I thought one really really stood out. Um, I liked uh, Byron James's uh, cap tainted. Graham McDonald says Aguero no, and uh, <laughs> it's like Aguero is uh, just released from the airlock, <laughs> adrift now in space, dying of hypothermia. And Luke Thunberg uh, at FPL Funshot uh, came up with Capsident, which I think is just perfect. I, I think Capsident is the the exact term that I plan to use on this podcast going forward. So, will you uh, will you consider my entry? Uh, what's your entry? Crapton. Crapton. <laughs> Crapton's pretty good too. I just <laughs> think Cap. <laughs> Capsident is. I has, has a little extra. You know little i don't know i, I like the I like the three c's in there it's nice and it's sort of it does fall it, 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 uh, luke's luke luke def, def, definitely has me by by a yard here <laughs> at least capsident is is what it is so henceforth and forevermore if you have a captain fail we're referring to it on always cheating as a capsident thank you luke I, for the record i don't think that the Coutinho thing is a captain fail i mean you just can't plan for someone to get injured 36 weeks or 36 minutes into a game. Um, I mean, I know he has had some injury problems in the past, but you just can't. You, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Well, isn't that the I beauty of, of the term capsident, though? Because it, it, it connotes accident. You, it, it just happens. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break, Brandon. We'll get back. And we're going to talk about Coutinho replacements. Same old podcast. Always Okay, Josh. So as we know, Coutinho is out for, it looks like at the very least, uh, three or four game weeks, if it's just ligament strains, pulls, tears. Right. The greater fear is that he's actually broken some bones in his foot. It's, it's unspeakable. like a real Jordan Henderson. Go no further. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, he he may never walk possible. again, if that's the case. <laughs> so, uh, but in the short term, we need to talk about Coutinho replacements because, I mean, this guy was the linchpin of a lot of our FPL midfields. Uh, now we need a plan uh, of attack. Who do we replace him with? Right. Tuck you don't on. actually... I was sorry. I was going to say you, you don't even you don't even own Coutinho, but I think it's still useful to talk about the the replacement. I mean, Coutinho is owned by fifty percent of uh, managers overall, and I think among sort of active managers, I bet it's even closer to like sixty or seventy percent. Well, and and injuries like this, you know, you see this when Aguero gets injured. It's a good time to have sort of a state of the union of that particular FPL position, be it striker I, or midfield. So even if you don't own Coutinho, you might be looking to say move Ozil like like I am. We're just going to now run through the highlights of the best of the best in the midfield right now to see uh, who's looking good, who's hot, who's not. Yeah, let's run through uh, just a couple questions here first just to set the conversation a little bit. Uh, Tuck9 says, uh, continue out long term. Uh, Gundawan not getting a game, 0.6 in the bank, and I have literally no idea what I should do. And Ken Rooney says, what should Coutinho owners who don't have the cash to bring in Firmino and already have Sigurdsson do? Is it worth a hit to generate funds? And uh, George Allen says, uh, panic transfer Coutinho for Ozil too soon? Well, George, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't make you feel bad about your transfer. No. Uh, well, uh, I mean, just, just to <laughs> set the table, I think uh, Ken's question is is most immediate. So when we're talking about moving these midfielders, is it worth worth it to take a hit to move funds? And I think in this situation, especially, we've talked in, oh, quite a lot about burning points already this episode. But when you're looking to bring in a really important player, like a midfielder in this price range, absolutely worth yeah, minus, minus four. I think it's an especially good week to do it because you have two fixtures in Arsenal away to West Ham and uh, Spurs at home to Swansea that are that should generate a lot of goals for both those teams. And there are a lot of midfield options on both of those clubs, sort of at every price range you could want. I mean, I guess when you're talking about uh, Spurs, you're really talking about uh, Ali or um, Ali or Erickson, and uh, we'll get to them in a minute. But I think that with Arsenal, I mean, you have you have Ozil, who's kind of in that middle tier, and you have um, you have Walcott, who's sort of my pick, just because I think at 7.8 million, he's great value. Uh, and then you have Alexis Sanchez, who is a spectacular player and still playing as a striker. I think to to both of our surprise, right? I mean, I, I was expecting uh, Giroud to get the start in this game. I was, and I mean that was my larger concern uh, beyond Walcott, the baby. Congratulations to you. Uh, uh, <laughs> what was the baby had had a really cute name? I forgot what it was. Um, Me too. Uh, anyway, the concern was if Giroud starts, then Walcott gets pushed off to the bench just to make room. I, I don't think he would have been pushed to the bench. I mean, I think I think Oxlade Chamberlain would have been pushed to the bench, um, and they would have rejiggered that team a little bit. I, I mean, to me, Walcott's a sure starter at this point. I mean, that just was the it. most shocking thing was uh, the Ox getting the start. Uh, yeah, in the lineup this week, I, you do wonder what what Arson was thinking there. I suppose he was. He looked so good in that Sunderland match, and. Um, did he? Who did they play in game week twelve? I'm forgetting now. Did he play? Did he start in that match? I can't remember. Uh, they played United. That was, that was United, the United, right? and he came in as a sub. Like he reminds me a lot of DeAndre Yedlin. Right. Like he right. when he, when he came on for the U.S. in the World Cup, so great to just come in. 
uh, late in the game and run at the tired legs of the defense. I mean, there's there's not <laughs> yeah. a whole lot of sophistication to the way Oxlade Chamberlain plays. I, I mean, you could say the same about Giroux, for that matter, right? I mean, isn't, Giroux isn't he's not fast, but he's he's strong and he's very aggressive. And having a guy like that come on in the 70th minute is just like so greedy for goals and so willing to get involved in the play and set up teammates. I mean, that's like a, that's a terrifying thing for a team to have to face in a, in a tough match. So yeah, Giroux, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I saw that people, I think Giroux has been, I think maybe 50 or 60,000 managers brought Giroux in this game. Again. I, I don't think you can do that. I mean, they actually turned it okay in the you end because they got an assist, <laughs> but you, you can't do it because he's not going to, I mean, who knows? I mean, you can't yeah. bring in Giroux because, I would never transfer in a player if I didn't think they were going to be a consistent starter. I mean, you do have to gamble a little bit sometimes. I mean, I guess bringing in Alan Yam last game week was was a, a bit of a gamble because yeah. there's a you know talk that he might not long term. You know, I mean, it, it's, there's a difference between might not start at all versus might not be the long term option at the position. You know, I mean, as long as as long as you expect somebody in for the next few game weeks, I think it's fine to transfer them in. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's run down some of these other midfield replacement options for Coutinho, and then maybe once we we talk briefly about all of them, we can vote on what, what the actual best player could be. It sounds okay. like you're already leaning toward Walcott, but, but I already brought him in. <laughs> right, as we know, the proof is, is right there in the in the in the minus four transfer. So it was just like like for like for like looking at the rest of the Liverpool midfield. Uh, Sadio Mane at nine point one, as we discussed, he is the most expensive, and uh, even though he's productive, the most inconsistent midfielder there for Liverpool. Sixteen point four percent ownership, but he does have three goals and two assists in the last six matches. The most interesting point there which other people have figured out, is all of his points are when Liverpool play at home. He is not so great away from home. So as intriguing as Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth-Liverpool is next week, do be mindful that Sadio Mane has a, a, not a great record away from home. I also think that Bournemouth are pretty strong at home to begin with, so... That would give me a little bit of pause about bringing money in. I mean, I suppose he is a little more valuable now without Coutinho. I mean, Coutinho is just on the ball so much when he plays. I mean, his – I actually don't have the possession stats handy, but wouldn't you guess that he has the ball more than anyone else in that in that squad? Yeah. In a, in a, in a given match, I, yeah. I feel like he yeah, he must be on the ball more than anybody else. Even more worrying, though, is this Liverpool team it, without Adam Lallana becomes more and more clear that when he's not in the starting lineup, they – they're a little slower on the ball. They don't have that yeah. sort of blitzkrieg thing yeah. happening like they do when Lalana's out of the squad. So yeah, if yeah. they're missing Coutinho and Sturridge enough, and and Sturridge, Sturridge, I'm not terribly concerned about him not being in the lineup. But yeah, but he's he's a player you could definitely slot in and and rejigger your team a little bit and, and maybe move Firmino into the True. Coutinho role or something. True. Yeah, I feel like if I knew Lalana was going to get healthy again, then Mane feels a little more appealing. I do feel like Lalana could help get the best out of Mane, but it's it's it looks like he'll probably be out for another one or two more matches at least. Yeah, and so Firmino, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if he's healthy right now. So I, I mean, he did. He, I think it's just a little knock. So I, I think he's fine. But um, and I, I would imagine that he'd almost have to play right. Oh I mean, yeah, Lallana, given the state of that squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
What about Milner? How do you feel about Milner? He's the he's the uh, the ugly midfield stepchild. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's playing out of position as a defender, and his stats are actually pretty good. I, I feel like just anecdotally, it, it doesn't feel like he's as involved in the play as he was when he kind of first moved to left back. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like he's he's started to remember that he has to. I mean, to be honest, I mean Liverpool played a lot better defensively the last few game weeks, so I, I wonder if part of that is you know, kind of re-entrenching people in their roles, you know, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I think Milner was getting... He doesn't get me that excited. Yeah, he was getting forward a fair amount, but not into very dangerous positions. You're just relying on Milner to get get a PK. Yeah. Okay, so Gilfie Sigurdsson, who uh, a lot of people brought in for game week 13. So did we just finish game week 13? I'm confused. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so a lot of people brought Gilfie Sigurdsson in for game week 13. You're feeling pretty pretty good about that. Three goals and three assists in the last six matches. Exactly. I have to get through this Spurs match away where I, I, I'm not going to expect anything from him. But uh, after that, they have a great run of fixtures. So, um, I mean, to me, he's if money is, is a problem or if you want to downgrade Coutinho to um, – to a, to a cheaper midfielder so that it opens up some money to bring in like a Diego Costa or a, you know, Harry Kane for that matter. Um, I think that it does make sense to, uh, to look at Gilfie. I mean, it's just, the fixtures are so good. And I think it's worth bringing them in even now with that Spurs match because the fixtures after that are so good. I'm just having this, uh, cognitive dissonance similar to what I have with Jermaine Defoe, who's 7.5 million. Sigurdsson at 7.3 for a bottom dwelling team. Uh, I mean, Swansea has just had a really tough run to find themselves here, and I do feel like they're yeah. they're clicking a bit more. But, but he's, he's he just yeah. if he were if it were six point five, I'd feel better about it. Yeah, but if you watch those matches, I mean, he's he's on every corner, he's on every free kick, he's on penalties. The whole attack is run through him. I mean, if if they score a goal, Gilfie Sigurdsson is going to be involved. Yeah, no, it, and his ownership is four point eight percent. So talk about a differential. Yeah, it's it's true. All right, so uh, speaking of differentials, we have a couple of uh, guys on Chelsea, Pedro and Moses, who are sort of on the periphery if you're if if the conversation is about Costa and Hazard. But Pedro at seven point three million, Moses at the bargain at five point six. How are you feeling about these guys? Yeah, I, I had been a little down on Pedro in the past, but I'm starting to and I'm not down exactly, but I didn't know if he was long term in that position, you know, just because. He's kind of in the role that William had played in before, yeah. uh, but William's been battling health, and, and Pedro. I mean, he's got a great goal um, in, that, in the Chelsea he, match. He and, did, and he was he was so central in those. Um, if they had a breakaway, or if they're on the attack, even more, even farther forward than Hazard was. Yeah, and uh, William coming in as a sub, what well, did not worry me at all. William, I know he's coming back from his his being out, but he looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, maybe Pedro in like eight weeks or ten weeks or something uh, isn't the starter, but he's certainly is you know in the short term. If you were uh, re- if you were really strapped, say you only had five point six million in the bank, would you would you even look in Victor Moses's general direction? Sure, I mean, I thought he looked great in that match, yeah. and um, yeah, I thought. I mean, if you wanted to turn Coutinho into Moses, and that three million allowed you to go from Benteke to Harry Kane or something like that, then I think that's a that's a pretty good move. Yeah. So Victor Moses, two goals and one assist in the last six matches, and Pedro, three, goal, three goals and four assists in the last six. Yeah. So I feel like if it's, if it's here, if you're looking to Chelsea, if you have the money, Pedro has got to be the winner. 
Yeah. Um, Allie and Erickson, um, I, I actually pulled some stats for Allie and Erickson. They're actually, it's interesting because they're both, um, they're both the same price. They're uh, 8.1 million. Uh, their ownership level is pretty low in both cases. Uh, 4.5 for Allie, 4.6 for Erickson. Um, and the stats are pretty much what you'd expect. Um, I mean, it, Erickson definitely comes out ahead. Uh, part of that's because he's played about a match and a half of minutes more uh, over the course of, I think it's like 120 minutes or so, uh, more than Allie on the season. Well, you mean and, my favorite uh, MTV video show, 120 minutes with Matt <laughs> And I was, I was looking at both of these players. I, you know, Allie, is, he's a little more explosive, or at least he was last year. I mean, he... Has not looked fantastic uh, so far this season. Anyways, battled some injuries. Um, I wonder how much the Champions League affected them. You know, I mean, it had to be a factor. You know, not not having played in a year and a year. So they just look a totally different team than that team that crushed Manchester City earlier in the season. And yeah, in in that their fatigue. I mean, Pochettino is legendary for you know drilling his teams into the ground. I mean, the first 30 minutes of the Chelsea Spurs match, the Spurs looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And they just they just couldn't quite keep it up. But, God, they looked so good for the first 30 minutes. Yeah, you, you'd hope they would find some form before the end of the year. They do have the so, fixtures for it. So if you wanted to bring in a Spurs player, I mean, I, I think that Allie and Erickson are right up there with, with Walcott as the players that I'd be looking at. I mean, I, I, Pedro was not as appealing to me just because I already, uh, I already have his ard. So... Who would you have between Allie and Erickson? Okay, I'm actually doing this officially in our running order right now. I'm changing Ollie's name to Deli. I don't know if That's you've right. heard, but he's he yes. now prefers to go by Deli. That's right. Yes. Uh, I I just have a I have a feeling about Deli actually that uh, he Erickson. We've seen him play over multiple seasons, and he's a very streaky FPL player. He does have uh, great purple patches where he'll score a couple matches in a row. He does uh, provide on corner kicks, and he's a dead ball specialist. But if Delhi can get anywhere close to last season's form and form that he he sort of threatened to get to during that Manchester City match, yeah. I feel like I'd I'd prefer to have Delhi Ali. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it feels like a gamble with either one, to be honest. It's hard to. I mean, Erickson is probably a little more involved in the play, but I've I've been on the Harris the Erickson Express before. You know, mm-hmm. like I've brought him. He's his price is never. It's never too high. You can almost always bring him in. The, the stats always make it look. He's kind of like um, uh, Tadich on Southampton. You know, the, the, you look at the stats and you're like, this guy is like he's just about to explode <laughs> yeah. points wise. And sometimes it does happen with it with Erickson. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, they, and he scored a good goal this game. I was a little surprised. I don't, I don't know if you saw the whole Spurs Chelsea match. Like 25 minutes in or so, there was a free kick mm-hmm. uh, in the edge of the box that. Uh, had always been Erickson territory, and uh, for Dyer, some reason Eric, Eric Dyer Eric, took it. Yeah, and he it was like the worst free kick. I mean, like it was a Theo Walcott <laughs> level free kick, which is to say that it was completely terrible. Eric Dyer is still dining out in North London <laughs> on that free kick he scored during the Euros. <laughs> yeah, it is, really I, is. I, I, he wears a T-shirt that says "Ask me about my free kick in the Euros." <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was it was pretty awful. Maybe it's because you know he's got this kind of thankless defensive midfielder role now or something. But yeah, uh, no, but Spurs, it's it's like an Aguero situation. I'm really only interested in Harry Kane uh, on current evidence. 
I think, I think time will tell over the next month for Spurs if these midfielders are actually going to be yeah. useful in, in our FPL squads. But for the time being, it's just Harry Kane or nothing for me. It'd be awesome if Harry Winks actually started playing every game week. That would be kind of a cool option. Some eyebrows on that guy. He he actually he looks like an English version of Philippe Coutinho. <laughs> so I'm trying. I actually don't remember. Oh yeah, he kind of does. Actually, I'm looking him up right now. Yeah. See. He looks French, actually. Yeah, it's uh, so he's like, yeah, he's only four point five million though. Uh, so yeah, Pochettino clearly rates him. Yeah, uh, too early to tell with him though. Okay, so this was a real wild card. I feel like somebody mentioned Juan Mata on social media as far as replacements for Coutinho go. Mm-hmm. Does that even warrant having a conversation? No, and I think today proved it again. I mean, he just he doesn't tend to play ninety minutes and. Uh, he he kind of drifts in and out of games. I mean, Paul Pogba is the one. You, you also have him listed here. Pogba is the one that interests me. I mean, yeah, he's 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 fallen all the way down to eight point two, which is almost tasty yeah. at that price tag. It's amazing his ownership is still seven point nine percent. I guess it just it goes to show how how highly end you are if you're a famous player, right? Like, there's his, his ownership should not be double Gilvy Sigurdsson's ownership. I mean, these these are Kapoo stats though for Paul Pogba: one goal and one assist in the last six matches. He's yeah. he's not setting the world ablaze. He's he's a right. fun player to watch. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> All right, so so of these guys, who's the guy? Okay, I would go Sigurdsson first, Walcott second, and I think I would go Erickson third, even though I just kind of ragged at him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little ho- I'm a little more hopeful about Mane, just given I've I've invested uh, a large part <laughs> yeah. of my midfield in him. But yeah. I have to agree, Sigurdsson. Like everything you said about him is 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 deadly serious. Like he is he is the Swansea team. If they're putting up points, he's involved. And Walcott, yeah, he's a sure starter, and that's the best. That's the best value, I think, at seven point eight on this list. Yeah, Fat Gorilla wrote us on Twitter and said, "Who is the fourth mid that people are sleeping on right now?" So we've kind of gone through these these uh, marginal heavy hitter midfields, and I actually pulled some midfielders that are are potentially flying under the radar. One of them being Nemanja Matic. So yeah. uh, I think you tweeted this out uh, yeah. uh, during during the Chelsea Spurs match, just re- reveling in how many assists Matic has put up this season. Extraordinary. Seven assists in 13. He's ever in a, a point five, over 0.5 assists per match right now. And it's not that he's incredibly involved in the match, but he's – He's very good at laying the ball off to somebody who – I mean, I'm not even sure if it's really sustainable. It's like he has this knack for laying the ball off to somebody who then, like, pivots and, like, hits a spectacular shot. I he mean, just, he was the one yeah, who he just assisted Pedro. To, he, he seems to know when to jump forward when he, he's, yeah. he moves out of that uh, pivot role and, and jumps yeah. into the attack. He's really good at that. But at 5.1 million, that's uh, – it's great value. Yeah. Matty Phillips from West Brom. We got two West Brom uh, guys flying under the radar here. Um, most prominently, Matty Phillips at five point four, two goals and three assists in just his last three games for West yeah. Brom. And on tap for West Brom, they're home hosting Watford, who looked absolutely diabolical against Stoke. Then they have a Chelsea away match, which you know you have to write that one off. And then they're uh, home hosting Swansea. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you were, Phillips considering, you were considering bringing him in this game week. I, yeah, I was actually. I mean, you know, he, he put up double digit points two game weeks in a row, and his his price is so low that it would free up money to to put my. I, I want to bring in a Chelsea defender at some point, and that would have helped me to do it. But in the end, I just, I, you know, I went with Gilfy. I just thought it was. Uh, uh, it just made more sense, uh, both both because of his because of the Crystal Palace. Fair. I mean, Crystal Palace, God, they are so bad. <laughs> I mean, they're they're de- I don't know what their defense was pretty good last year. I mean, remember their defense? Like, oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, Scott Dan was just a baller. Yeah, last Dan and Delaney. I mean, a lot of yeah. It's very. I don't know what. I mean, I guess they're just. I they must be trying to get part of fired, right? I mean, that's the only <laughs> explanation. <laughs> they looked so beaten down at the end of that. So I mean, it was a crazy yeah. match to live through as a as a fan let yeah. alone a player but yeah. but uh speaking of palace though wilfred zaha at 5.4 million he's had five assists in a row in consecutive games plus a goal yeah uh, and they've got southampton and hole coming up so uh whole city not a hole in the ground <laughs> I, realize I have a, a stuffed yeah. up nose right now so yeah, Zaha, Zaha. I mean, like Zaha is, is almost under the radar as Nemanja. I mean, part of it, I think, is I just think we all thought we knew Zaha. I mean, I've actually we talked about this before in the podcast. I think maybe even last year's podcast. I just like Zaha. He's just a player who I enjoy watching play. Uh, I, you know, I like a like a really speedy winger, and uh, so I was glad he actually got a goal, even though it cost me a. You know, <laughs> he got from getting the single point mm-hmm. from uh, Jordi Amat. But uh, yeah, he's you know five point four percent. I mean, his ownership is under four percent too. He's a he's pretty pretty good option. Yeah, uh, he's he's not cheap. But Riyad Mahrez, he's sort of come back into my mind because he's scored two weeks in a row now. Granted, they were both yeah. on penalties, but uh, in the last three matches, two goals and one assist. Upcoming fixtures for Leicester: Sunderland, Manchester City, Bournemouth, Stoke, Everton, West Ham, and then the Burger. So it's uh, yeah, barring Man City, it's a pretty good run. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, ten point two percent ownership probably a little inflated by by early manager. I mean, I, I don't know that there's like the number of like serious managers who have Mares at this point is probably quite a bit lower than oh, that. So yeah, 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 these have got to be a lot of ghost teams that brought Mares in on last season's form and then they just yeah. checked out on the game entirely. It's too, it's too bad it's he's so expensive. I mean, it's exactly what we we worried would happen, which is that all these Leicester players. You know, I mean, they won the league last year. It's not unreasonable, but just I, I kind of knew this was going to happen. You know, I mean, you have guys like uh, Mares and, and Vardy. I mean, not that anyone would think about bringing Vardy in right now, but you, they're, they're unplayable at their yeah. prices. Right, right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend. I don't think either of us could recommend bringing Mares in, but I'm excited to watch where he goes from here. Like, if, if yeah, me too. I, I'd like to see him play better. Uh, I, I guess the I promised two West Brom players. The other guy I was going to bring up is Nasir Chadley, just on the fact that he's just returning from injury and in that West Brom team. Like I feel like they've they've promised to be good at at points this season, and uh, with yeah. with with Phillips on form and Chadley back, uh, they've they've got a rocky run of fixtures coming up. Let's see who they have. Like I said, Watford, Chelsea, then Swansea, United, Arsenal, Southampton. And whole city before the before we have the January break. Yeah, I mean that's a mixed bag. I mean is, some, some of those pictures are pretty good. All right, Facarilla, those guys are are no longer flying under the radar. <laughs> now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Yeah. All right, should we take a, another quick break? We're going to come yeah. back and and talk about uh, Troll Kaku, everyone's favorite lament. All right. Same old podcast. Oh. 
Hey, Brennan, we're back. And before we leave, I thought we should at least talk about the the man of the hour, the the negative man of the hour, which is uh, <laughs> Troll Kaku. We didn't even really want to talk about this, I don't think, but there was just a wave of commentary coming at us when we said we were recording our podcast today. Uh, all about Troll Kaku. Yeah, highly owned player. A lot of people brought him in uh, when he was cheap. I mean, I, I, I lost a lot of money, actually, when I transferred him out right now. And uh, Dave, uh, uh, FPL Pointless Polls, uh, Dave says, I'm considering a poll about Rage transferring out Lukaku, but it's a bit pointless. I, I thought this was very funny because Dave's whole point is Pointless Polls. <laughs> right, so, right. It's a Kafka-esque dilemma that Dave, Davey <laughs> Pointless Polls is, is having there. El Magico uh, offers a counterpoint, actually. Lukaku can score against anyone, and usually when no one expects it from him, see the Manchester City game. So there is at least somebody out there who's keeping the faith in Lukaku. Does that sway you at all? I mean, you, as we all know, you've, it, you've just transferred him out. yeah. Well, I, I just I, it's not about Lukaku. It's about the service that he's getting, and I, I just don't know. I mean, when Ross Barkley goes in these one of his runs of you know ten to twenty games a season where he just can't square the ball for anybody, yeah. I, you know, it's I don't know, and, and like it just yeah, it's not it's I don't know. It was it was a weird match, and uh, I, I I was just very frustrated with. It. I mean, De- Delafeo probably needs to be a starter in that squad right now because no one is delivering the ball yeah Aaron I mean, Lennon even, getting the start yeah. that's just ridiculous yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> I I mean there, I don't think there's any doubt that Lukaku is one of the best strikers in the whole league it's just been his <laughs> sad story his whole career is that he's never been fit into a team that can really get the best out of him yeah, exactly. And Graham McDonald says uh, it is worth it uh, to transfer out Lukaku. We suggest bringing in Harry Kane. He says that uh, Everton have uh, Man United, Arsenal, and Liverpool in the next four. Uh, Spurs have Swansea, Hull, and Burnley all at home. Uh, Lukaku's price is dropping uh, tonight, too. And so by the time this podcast goes live, his price will have already dropped. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that logic. I mean, it was, it was that exact logic that, that – to, you know, swayed me to bring in Kane. So um, I do, I do think it makes sense. I mean, Kane is, you know, it's, it's, he's almost a million more. And if you, if you brought in Lukaku at 9 million, then it's probably more like 1.3 million. So um, it's not an easy decision to make, but I, I do think it's the right one. Yeah. Kane is really attractive. I mean, I, I can make the case for Zlatan after, after United get through Everton and Spurs They've mm-hmm. just got this great run through the holidays of Crystal Palace, right. West Brom, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, and and West Ham. And now you're almost holding him as a differential. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody in our mini league even has Ibra right at this I, point. Maybe one of the 19 managers in our league has him. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely a bit of a differential. And there's going to be a big run on Harry Kane now. So even an- another way to make him a differential. So Trollkaku. Goodbye. Thanks for playing. Hopefully we'll see you again later this season. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they'll bring in someone like a decent midfielder in the transfer window. I mean, Belasi should be playing better, too. He's, he really – it was not his best performance. Uh, all right. Listener questions. A few few more here, Brandon, before we check out. Uh, Fat Gorilla says, defense just isn't getting better, is it? Uh, Andrew Ferguson uh, chimes in and says, I'll say it again. Take the cash out of defense. I'm finally hearing this message. I, I, I've been way over-invested in my defense all season, and getting rid of Kyle Walker, I think, was probably the breaching of the dam, and now <laughs> I, I'm looking at ways to get rid of Mustafi. I mean, I I cannot believe... What about David De Gea? 
Yeah, David De Gea as well. I mean, Arsenal and Manchester United look like great clean sheet picks, you know, coming out of game week two. <laughs> and they have failed to deliver time and time again. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, we'll say his name a million times until the rest of the season with guys like Alan Yam out there at five point, uh, 4.3. You know, what, are you, what are you doing playing yeah. Mustafi? I feel like such a fool. <laughs> well, I'm getting assists from Monreal, you know, once every 13 game weeks, so I, I really can't <laughs> complain. Oh, boy. Scott Gill asks on Twitter, form or fixtures? Still have Sterling, Fuchs, and Redmond stinking it up even after decent fixtures. So Scott is experiencing firsthand that fixtures have no bearing on players that have no form. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean Sterling has to go. I mean, I, he fell off yeah, of a cliff. It's incredible. Yeah, I think it, I think his price is like negative one at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's always a little bit of both, isn't it? I think that uh, yeah, maybe form is has grown to be a little more important the last two seasons or so i i I used to be that fixtures were a little more dominant and i feel like that's not the case anymore although you know i mean you know harry kane is or not harry kane eden is artist had two kind of tricky fixtures in a row and hasn't come through and you know um charlie austin has scored goals in his easy fixtures and struggled to score in the tougher ones so i mean it's it's still fundamentally true you know (laughs) but i think that i think the bigger issue here it was it was the the lesson that i talked about drawing uh, a few weeks ago which is that you know when you you can't count on a, a good fixture to pull a player out of a big slump i mean maybe you can if they're like a world-class Aguero type player but more of a but an average option like like Sterling it's just 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 get rid you know don't 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 hold for the home match to Burnley or something because um especially if they're a Man City player because you never know if they're going to play yeah and we've talked about teams like Liverpool and Chelsea that they spread the points around and then you have teams like Manchester United or we're uh, Manchester City where it's all Aguero's points or we're predicting that Spurs, it will be mostly through Harry Kane. And you look at a guy like Nathan Redmond, he seemed like a good pick for a while, but it's clear now with that Southampton team that it's really Charlie Austin or, or bust. There's no, there's no sense of coverage in teams like that. Like there's only yeah. one guy that you need. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And the way these uh, modern modern FPL players are, Josh, they are willing to jump ship at a moment's notice. They're chasing the forum players, and uh, I feel like if you're if you're slow to react, much like the Everton midfield is slow to pass the ball to Lukaku, you, mm-hmm. you will get left behind. Colin Bothwell says, which of the big hitters uh, are you going without? Sanchez, Guerrero, Hazard, Costa Kane are all great options, but difficult to have all five. Still think there's a strong case for losing Aguero. Is it crazy or inspired? I think that you could lose Aguero and get away with it. I really do, especially if you waited maybe two weeks. Uh, I mean, I actually, I mean, you could drop him now in front of this uh, Man City Chelsea fixture, but I don't plan to drop Aguero. But I understand if he. It's kind of like managers want to do a three-five-two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not planning to do it, but I, I understand if you do. I can, I can understand the reasoning. I. Just the way that Aguero picked up 13 points kind of without, like, you know, he messed around and got a 13-pointer, right? It was like... <laughs> like he was you know, playing out in the schoolyard with his mates. <laughs> yeah, ex- I mean, he didn't even play that well. You know, he wasn't... Like, he, I don't know. It was like, he's just... He, he just has a way of scoring goals, and he's just, he's just so good. He's he's a, such a unique player. I mean, he's not like... You know, I was thinking of like the... I mean, I guess he's a little bit like... Um, 
I was trying to think of a comparison to like a player in the Spanish. You know, he's. I, I guess he's a little like Messi in that regard, where he just he can score a million different ways because he has a nose for goal, and he can, you know, he can he can slice their defense and score, and he can score from outside the box, and he can score on a poaching goal, and mm-hmm. um, it's not even that he's always necessarily centrally involved in the play. I mean, he, he often is, but. He can, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't need to be the central cog in the machine to score goals, and so it's it's very hard to drop him as a result of that. Although it's always tempting because he's so freaking expensive. Don't you think what's sort of changed about Brock Toon though is that in seasons past, we've been waiting for those games where he'd score four or five goals, and those games would eventually come. And I feel like we've we've already forgotten about that Aguero now if he scores two goals we all breathe a sigh of relief like yeah. oh thank god I'm justifying this 13 plus million yeah. striker that I, mean, I have he's still tied for for joint leading scorer on the season so it's not like it's a you know it's only by his standards that it's been kind of disappointing the the bigger concern that I have is just that uh I expect Pep to continue to rotate heavily uh throughout the uh throughout the winter and I mean if any manager is going to rotate during the Christmas fixtures it's him so um I mean there's a good chance that Aguero could not play like two out of four fixtures or something like that you know um and that's that's definitely a concern I'll tell you what my concern is Colin of these uh, five players you mentioned, Sanchez, Aguero, Hazard, Costa, Kane, I only have Aguero. So this is this is a problem I have to solve. Right. And I guess now I have three out of five. I, I still wish – I mean, going Aguero to Costa is really appealing for lots of reasons. I mean, you'd save $2 million, $1.5 million. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and they have great fixtures coming up too, so – well, it's curious though. We get we're going to do a, a quick game week fourteen preview, but the big marquee fixture this coming weekend is Chelsea versus City, and you do wonder: well, is one team going to run away with it, or is are they going to cancel each other out, and there won't be any points to be had by anybody? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I don't know actually. I'm I'm pretty excited about that match though. I will say. Oh yeah, come on. All right, so uh, Dave Aston is going to uh, be the caboose here. And we, we often get razzed on this podcast about our pronunciation because we're a couple of rubes from the Midwest in the United <laughs> States. And, and these things are all fancy and, and, and different for us. So Dave is asking us some pronunciation questions, particular, particular names of players in the Premier League. So I'm going to run down these names, Josh, and I'm going to give two alternate pronunciations, and you tell me which one you prefer. Okay, let's do it. Font or Fonte? Uh, I say Font. I also say Font. Hoberg or Hodgeberg? I don't know if, these are, <laughs> if either of these are legitimate. Yeah, I, I, think, I he's think he's referring say- to Ho- Hoilberg. Yeah, I, I think I say Hoiberg, uh, Pierre Emile Hoiberg on uh, Southampton, but I, I really have no idea. Like that guy's played like he, he started like three matches, so you know, no one, no one should expect to know that one. Hoiberg, okay. Uh, Pogba or Pogba? Pogba for sure. Yeah, I'm try. I want to make Pogba a thing. Uh, Bailey or Bailly? Uh I, I say Bailey, but I think it's Bailly. I, I should say it Bailly. Yeah, Bailly is not uh, – I like how it's kind of like you're uh, saying goodbye to one of your girlfriends. Like, bye. <laughs> it's not that difficult to say bye, so just say bye. Uh, Fuchs or useless pile of dog dirt? 
<laughs> ah, Fuchs. I, I, I know the managers that brought him in are pretty ticked off, but I, who doesn't love Christian Fuchs? He's like my favorite player in the league. Yeah. I continue to be annoyed by people like you, Josh, who say Kapui. But yeah, eh, what do yeah, what do I know? What do, who cares? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't people get so caught up in our pronunciations, anyways. No, like these players aren't listening to the podcast. You know, if you're in from Middlesburger, just ignore us. Yeah, it's true. That's why we actually invented the town of Middlesburger because we got <laughs> sick of people telling us how to pronounce things. All right, so All right. game week fourteen. Let's preview. 60, yeah, sixty second preview here. Uh, clean sheet picks. I'm going to go with uh, West Bromwich Albion at home to Watford. I don't see Watford uh, scoring that match. They're they're in pretty awful form at the moment, and, uh, and they have like five eligible players to play. Right, exactly. And uh, and I, I feel like you know West Brom been playing playing pretty well the last couple of game weeks. Yeah, I think Stoke City hosting Burnley uh, or Southampton away to a really diabolical Palace. Yeah, yeah. That's not that Southampton's defense looks so much better now that I've transferred out Virgil Van Dyke. <laughs> exactly. Really st- stepped up the last two game weeks. Uh, captains, uh, I'm going with uh, Mr. Harry Kane himself, and I guess I would pick Alexis second. Yeah, the only other option I'd throw out there would be Charlie Austin away to Crystal mm-hmm. Palace. And yeah. He's he's a bit of a dark horse. He's mm-hmm. not the explosive player, but. Given what we've already said and seen of the Crystal Palace defense, Austin could score 10, 15, 20 goals. It's yep. uncertain. Uh, transfers, I already talked about mine. Uh, do you have any moves in mind, Brennan? Yeah, uh, it's going to be one of my defenders, be it De Gea out or Mustafi out, to free up some cash for my midfield. So, nice. Uh, that, that's the move. It, it's a, I'm making a money-making transfer. Nice. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's just let that be that, Josh. Let's sign off. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, I know. I, I was telling you a minute ago, I feel like I've been talking forever for some reason. But I, if you're still listening, I, I hope you are. Uh, please go to iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can also leave us a review. Uh, you can also go to SoundCloud. That's where the uh, that's where the podcast uh, comes from. That's where we upload it. And uh, you can follow us there. And you can find new podcasts. Um, listen, you can also comment at different moments uh, of, of different episodes. And you can listen to all our back catalog there as well. Uh, Stitcher, uh, we're on there. We're on Google Play, Acast, as well as TuneIn. And follow us for more content. We're on Twitter, at HailCheaters, where you can chat with us during the games or pretty much any time, like when, when we should be actually be doing our day jobs we're, yeah. we're on twitter don't tell anybody <laughs> at hail cheaters on facebook you can find us at facebook.com slash always cheating or email us at hail cheaters at gmail.com all right josh uh good luck in game week 14 yeah same to you brandon hail cheaters yeah and bikani forever have mercy We didn't even talk about Dia Mercy's assist over the weekend. I know. Yeah, I mean, it just it seems to be fun when he wasn't scoring any goals. If he ever like does anything, will be. It was kind of a cheapy assist anyway. It was, it was really it's, more. It's uh, it's like Mikel Antonio's uh, goal cele- fun goal celebrations. He can only do them in the good times. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done.